Badger Maps, they've added about $100,000 in MRR over the past call it, year and a half, doing $350,000 per month in revenue. But they sell to field sales reps and reps are not selling right now because of the virus. And we're worrying about cash in the bank and burn. And Steve has done a good job raising some debt capital to make sure that he's able to kind of get through this time. Also planning for when customers email in and ask for things like, you know, pa- pause the account or even cancel the account. And what does response times look like so far over the past call it week, two, three weeks, only about $1,000 in MRR loss that of his $350,000 a month base. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Steve Benson. He's the founder and CEO of Badger Maps. After receiving his MBA from Stanford, he was Google's enterprise top sales executive in 2009. You can tell because he has perfected that wave. In 2012, Steve founded Badger Maps, a software company that helps field salespeople optimize their routes and schedules to save time and be on time so they can sell more. Steve, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. I'm not going to beat around the bush or anything here, right? So last time you came on the show, you shared, you, you broke about 3 million bucks in ARR. You know, you were serving 7,500 7, customers. I believe those are actual salespeople inside of companies. So those are your total, that's your user base, but it's to help them do field sales. No one's driving around doing field sales right now. As a software CEO, how are you responding to the virus? Well, um, you know, so I, I think that we're one of those companies that will be affected by this because of the service that we provide, um, you know, helping field salespeople go and meet their customers. Um, so dentists, for example, right now aren't, uh, they're, they're probably not buying a lot of new fake teeth or new tools or new, new medical devices. And so our customers, the people that go and sell that dentist, that type of stuff, they probably don't, they're not getting meetings. They're not out in the field. Uh, so, um, some software companies will be impacted differently than others. I mean, obviously if you were zoom, then more people need your stuff right now, but for us, definitely, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be, there, there, there's, there's going to be a downtrend in, in demand for our products, at least for the, the, the short term here. Mm-hmm. And so, so many CEOs right now are thinking about things like how much cash do I have in the bank relative to my runway? If I get no new revenue, uh, should I plan for three months? Is it going to be a quick turnaround or should I plan for like seven or eight months? Is it going to be a little bit longer than everyone expects? What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think that the more cash you have on hand right now, the better off you are. And, uh, you know, just hunker down and make the product great for when you come out on the other side um, and, and kind of turn the the focus to that. On the sales and customer success side, I would say people, at least what I'm thinking about is how do I make the customers that I have more successful? How do I keep them extremely happy? Um, and, uh, and how do I find new customers who maybe are in a slightly different area than I was working with um, before, the, before the crisis started? So can, you, can I pivot to a slightly different customer set that... Uh, that is, that is going to have great needs going forward um, for this, or, or even short-term needs while while this is happening. So an example there for us is doctors who, doctors, nurses, other services that go to people's homes, helping them organize what they're doing on a map. So they're not, you know, historically we helped salespeople do this, but we've had we've we've run into companies like this before where, where a, a hospital group ha- is doing a bunch of home visits, and so they'll they'll have their doctors or their nurses organized using our tool. So that's where we're going to be looking for to pivot towards things like like that and bring in new business from that instead of uh, to make up for the lost business in other places. So when you did come on last, that was October 29th of 2018, pre-virus, so three, four weeks ago, what did you grow your customer base to? 
Um, well, and, and nothing's, not a lot has changed for us. Um, I think we've lost about a grand in MRR so far. Um, but, uh, the, uh, we're at about three fifty five right now in MRR. Mm-hmm. So and how many, how many customers whatever is that? that? Is. Um, probably 8,000, 9,000. Okay. 8, 9, um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't tend to count the, the absolute numbers. We, we, we're in an interesting position because we have kind of like a B2C business and a B2C business, B2B and B2C, which is a little weird because an individual can use us for their job. Um, and so they behave very much like B2, B2C customers. But then a lot of our customers are, it's a large company or a team that is using us for our, their entire sales team. And so they, they behave obviously much more like a, a B2B customer. Yep. yep. So the, the, the absolute it's the MRR is much more important than the absolute number of customers. Well, yeah, still me. good, still good growth, right? About a year or, and three months ago, again, you had about 250,000 in MRR. You've added a hundred grand in new MRR since then or 1.2 million in ARR. You know, if you're up to 9,000 mm-hmm. seats now, that's 9,000 seats, you know, field sales reps paying, you know, 40 bucks ish each per month. So it's nice growth. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're thinking about, so, I mean, one of the things, if I was in your shoes that I would be making plans for is will i see a massive cancellation spike or massive like Mm -hmm. hey steve you like emails to can we pause our account for three months we love you but can we pause for three months while we figure out what we're doing like how are you are you getting those and if so how do you handle that so i'm i'm expecting those i haven't gotten many yet i mean it's still early right i mean it I don't know when this will publish, but it's March 17th right now. Yeah. Um, so like San Francisco was just locked down and, you know, kind of people aren't supposed to go to restaurants or bars as of, as of yesterday. Um, so, um, that's kind of where we're at right now. So I haven't seen a ton of that yet. Um, I think, so I, I just had a conversation with my VP of sales about this um, this morning actually is how, how do we, how do we respond to those, those calls of people quitting? And we haven't had many, but I, I think that the, what we landed on was when an individual calls, we should, we should offer them half off for three months. Um, if they call to quit, um, offer them half off for three months and then, um, and then, and, uh, and see if they do that instead of quitting. And, and I think the reasoning there is then, you know, the, their stuff's not all deleted. It's still in the system. It's, it's, uh, they don't have to reset anything up. We don't have to reset them up, which is, which is good for us. So it's, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Um, for, for larger companies, I think, you know, I, I don't think what we would for like the B to the B to B side of the business, um, which is bigger than the B to C. Uh, I don't think we would do that because, you know, company, you know, just like we, just like we're going to, you know, just like we have to batten down the hatches that other businesses need to, too. So, um, but I, I, so I well, think that, we're going to see that's the key question, right? That's the key question is when everyone has this internal dialogue of what their version of batten down the hatches means, you hope that, mm-hmm. and whoever's listening, you hope that your piece of software is one of the things that makes like that, that, that makes the cut that is critical that they can't do without. Exactly. Right. And that's the question mm-hmm. is what's critical and what's not. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and and I don't know how how deep people are going to have to cut, right? I think I think when businesses get in situations like this, they make a series of cuts. They they trim off a little 
a little flesh and then they go a little deeper and they go a little deeper and eventually they hit bone. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it'll likely be a fairly painful process for, for a lot of businesses in the world. I mean, some are already, you know, in, in deep trouble immediately, obviously. Like yep. if you're a, a bar, bars are, if you're a bar in San Francisco, the bars are closed. So yeah. Your, your revenue just dropped to zero. Let's give more people uh, more color on how you've built the business to date so they can figure out kind of, hey, am I in Steve's shoes as well? So so you're a bit unique here in that you've done, I think, a great job scaling a company, you know, basically bootstrapped, right? So so to date, how much equity have you raised? Um, I think we did about a 8% convertible note. And this is, you know, 8 Eight years ago, seven years ago, we did this. So, but no other equity other than that. So we've sold eight percent of the business in, in convertible notes, but no no professional money in. No, and that was like for eight hundred thousand dollars, something like that. Um, I, I think more like four hundred and fifty, if I recall. Okay, four fifty. And you've also <laughs> since then uh, used debt uh, to scale again. I would argue fairly effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, Walk me through that process. You know, this debt product over the past two years has become more and more popular. There's more firms offering it for people, for software Mm -hmm. CEOs specifically that have raised debt, especially if it's not debt that is paid back four to eight percent of your gross monthly receipts. Right. So debt that is fixed that Mm -hmm. even if you have to give your customers half off and your revenue drops, you Mm -hmm. still owe a fixed amount. How are you thinking about that? And how do you recommend other founders with the same structure should think about it? Um, I think it's a great time to take on debt because this doesn't last forever, right? This is a, this is likely a, a shorter term bump. Is it, is it a three month problem? Is it an eight, eight month problem? I'm not sure, but, um, it's certainly not a two week problem and it's certainly not a two year problem. So I think, you know, there, there are a lot of fantastic debt providers out there that have, have really gone after the SaaS space. Um, you know, and, and I think that, that uh, I mean, there are there are forty of them, and and you know some of them are better than others, but they're I think I'll, I, I haven't run into any I haven't run into many terrible ones. I've run into and, and I and I haven't run into any amazing deals or anything. It's it's relatively expensive capital, but um, but I think it's a great time for people to look to to bring debt into the business. Uh, and and kind of get through this period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I am and and full disclosure for you guys listening, I, I've I've put some debt money into into Stephen Badger uh, along with another firm. But like one of the things that I'm recommending for anyone coming to me right now for feedback is debt is a great option if you can't raise VC right now because all t- debt is great. But you should try your hardest to negotiate that debt where there is no prepayment penalty and max prepayment penalty. You know maybe interest for a year because all you're trying to do is get enough cash in the bank to outlast your, you know, it's not two weeks, it's not two years just to outlast this, you know, disaster. And then what you can do uh, is a couple things. You can just prepay it all right. Once everything's safe again, or if you then go raise equity, you, you can pay off, you know, the debt with the equity once the VC markets open up again. So this is something I'm mm-hmm. definitely telling all the founders I speak with to look at. I think it's a really good, I mean, if you haven't tapped debt before, I would ask you why you haven't tapped debt before, but, but, uh, well, you're unique though, Steve, a lot of people haven't, they're, they're not, I mean, especially being in California, right? I mean, people don't, some people don't know it exists and others just don't understand how it works. What would you say are some of the gotchas people need to watch out for if they do raise debt in this time frame specifically? 
Oh, I've got a whole doc on this. <laughs> I'm teeing um, you up softballs I, here. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find it that quickly. Just but, get, uh, give like the top but, two or three and we'll link to the doc in the show notes. Okay. Um, so things to watch out for. Uh, offers that, uh, well, first of all, it is relatively expensive money, but some are extremely um expensive money. So, you know, there are, there are lenders, business lenders, business, businesses aren't protected like consumers are protected from, from lenders. So there's not like a, usury like laws. Lend, you can't, yeah, you can't usury laws, meaning there are rules around how much you can charge a consumer for in, in, in interest. There are no such rules around, uh, around for businesses. So there are, there half the lenders out there just charge egregious rates. What's know, egregious? 30, 40%. 30. I, I, I'd say anything over 22% is egregious and 22% sounds, sounds high. But if you're you know making 500 grand a year as a SaaS company, they're taking a fair amount of risk. And, but, and if you're growing fast and you feel confident in the business, 22% is not that much money. Cause if you sold equity, that's, you know, that could be a hundred or two 200% return for, for the investors or even more. Right. So, um, but as you get larger, I think the, the the prices come down to more around 17, 16, 17, 18 percent. Um, and, and that's that I, I think that's much more reasonable for for a, a more mid-sized desk company. You know, if you're over three million dollars, I think you could you, you start creeping into that area. Um, gotchas include uh, other than the price, obviously, the lender being able to call a loan back uh, on this uh, at, at their discretion. So them being able to say. Oh, that five hundred grand you borrowed. Um, we need that. We need, we need that back. We need it back now. And that's obviously a problem because you probably took that money so that you could spend it and invest it, and you probably don't have it laying around. So then being able to call the loan back is a problem. Um, liquidity covenants. You see this a lot with banks. Like uh, they'll they'll tell you, "Hey, we want you to have. Uh, you're borrowing a million dollars from us, and we want you to always have at least." 500 grand in the bank with us at all times. Well, so then you actually only just borrowed a half a million bucks because the other half million you can't touch. It's just a pretty number on a piece of paper that you can never do anything with. Um, so that's a silly thing that some lenders will do. Um, I mean, you, you'll see, you'll see lenders say, Oh, here's a million dollars. We have to have a million dollars in the bank. And you're like, well, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Well, what's the point? Um, so, uh, covenant, it, it, the whole covenant section is all negotiable and all to be looked at with a, with a fine tooth comb. So like speeding up your payback, if, if something changes or changing your changing the interest rate, if something changes, like if your revenue slows or contracts or any term they want, really, if you, if you lose a key employee, they can, they can put whatever they want in a covenant section. So watch for tricky things like that, where they change the terms or the, the loan fundamentally changes if something happens. Um, if your EBITDA goes down, for example, you'll see that one a lot. Like, oh, if your EBITDA drops, meaning your profitability drops, they, then your interest rate goes up. Um, early payback penalties you mentioned, that's a that's one you see a lot where they, even a lot of the good lenders will say, oh, well, but if you want to pay it back early, then you owe us this penalty. And that's that's negotiable. I mean, because you should be able to if if you could go if you're paying someone twenty two percent and someone else offered you seventeen percent, you should be able to just take that take the loan for seventeen percent, pay back the loan for twenty two percent, and now you're 
you're in a better place. But if they put a big penalty in there and you'll see some companies put a penalty around like, oh, well, you have to pay, uh, you, you have to pay the interest that you would have paid if you had kept the loan the entire time as a penalty if you pull the, if you pay back early. Um, they, they'll block you from getting other loans. That's a, that's a common, a common one yep. so that you'll see like, okay, well, great. Like, and it's like, yeah, well, they write, write, a first, loan, write a first refusal or something like that. Yeah. That nature. Um, yeah, these are, these are full block or full block. Yeah. Yeah. These are all, these are all because they want you to keep their money because they keep making that high interest rate. Right. They don't want you to be able to go, you know, get, get leverage and mm-hmm. compete against them and get cheaper money. So yeah, guys, those are all great things, um, to look out for Steve, dude, I appreciate you making time to jump on and kind of talk through how you're thinking about this as a SaaS CEO, how debt is good Absolutely. or bad in this scenario and congratulate you 7,500 to 9,000 customers, extra hundred grand in MR over the past 12 months, man, I'm rooting for you. Let's wrap up, um, with the famous five, number one favorite business book. Um, famous, I'm, I mean, it's, it's trite to say this, but impossible to inevitable was, you know, and, and, and all the articles that made it up were, were, were critical for me. Number two, is there, this company. is there a CEO you're following or studying? A CEO I'm following or studying right now. Um, not really. Okay. Number, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's not many, not many to follow right now. Uh, unprecedented <laughs> times. Uh, number three, favorite online tool for building the company. Um, AWS. I mean, can't, that's, that's been key. Number four, how many hours <laughs> of sleep do you get every night? Um, well, you know, the first time I came on your show, which I think was probably 2014, yeah, or something a long like time that, ago. The, yeah. The, the answer there then was probably like, four and a half, five, but now it's, it's probably seven to seven and a half. That's good. Like that, that's been, that's been a big change that's happened in the last few years is now that I, I'm, I'm actually able to, uh, to get a little sleep and married single kids, which is situation. Um, I've got a, uh, a fiance. Oh, good. Any kids run around? No kids. No kids. Yet. All right. And how old are you? I am 42, 42. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, I guess, uh, if I could give advice to my 20 year old self, it would be to not work at big companies sooner. So I, I learned a ton working at big companies, but I could have trimmed that by about a decade and started working for small companies, um, much quicker or just always work for small companies. Like I've watched people that work for me at Badger, um, just develop so much faster than I was able to because they they're able to have so much more responsibility. Like a a person on a marketing team at a ten person company is the only person on the marketing team, and they're in charge and have real responsibilities of important things. Whereas if you're on the marketing team at Facebook, you know you you just you own such a tiny slice of of such a big thing that it's it's hard. You don't get the same learnings, I don't think. So I I guess I would tell myself to work at big companies for a very short period of time or to always work at small companies. Guys, there you have it. Badger Maps, they've added about $100,000 in MRR over the past, call it year and a half, doing $350,000 per month in revenue, but they sell to field sales reps and reps are not selling right now because of the virus. And we're worrying about cash in the bank and burn. And Steve has done a good job raising some debt capital to make sure that he's able to kind of get through this time. Also planning for when customers email in and ask for things like, you know, pause the account or even cancel the account and what his response times look like. So far over the past, call it a week, two, three weeks, only about $1,000 in MRR loss out of his $350,000 a month base. So still healthy, still good. We'll stay up in touch. Steve, we're rooting for you, man. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nate. It's great to, uh, great to chat again.